0: This is episode 3 with Jim Williams, VP of Marketing at Influitive, on the strategy behind their Advocam conference and how it is helping them lead the creation of a new category in advocate marketing. Three, two,
1: one,
0: Have you ever wondered about what other SaaS companies are doing to grow their business? What channels are they experimenting with? Where are they finding traction? Welcome to How to SaaS, the go-to podcast for growing your cloud software company. I'm your host and growth strategist Shiv Narayanan. I'm also the CMO of Wild Apricot, the number one membership software for small associations and nonprofits. Each week we'll bring you interviews with founders, CEOs and growth leaders who have successfully implemented a growth strategy to help you take your cloud software company to the next level. Are you ready? Let's begin. Hey everybody, welcome to today's episode. I'm your host and growth strategist Shiv Narayanan and we have an absolute humdinger of a guest today in Jim Williams, the VP of marketing of Influitive. Influitive is one of the darlings of the Toronto SaaS community. They're growing rapidly. They've received five rounds of funding that total $50 million. And they're trying to accomplish something unique, which is the building of an entirely new category called advocate marketing. Influitive enables companies to go way beyond referrals to create and empower product champions as a core way to grow a business. We're going to be speaking with Jim about the creation of Advocamp and how it's helping Influitive to build out the category of advocate marketing. In this episode, you'll learn the following. What's the strategy behind holding your own conference as a SaaS company? How much investment is required in terms of time, money, and people to pull off an event like AdvoCamp, playing the long game with a conference like AdvoCamp where the immediate returns are not so obvious when you're trying to build out a new category, and what kind of buy-in you need from the CEO, the investors, and other key teams and stakeholders. We're going to cover lots more as we get into the conversation, so let's jump right in. Here's my interview with Jim. All right, welcome to the show, Jim. How's it going? It's going well, thank you. All right, so just for the audience, why don't you uh, describe a little bit about who you are, what Influitive does, and AdvoCamp itself, and we'll take it from there.
1: Sure, that sounds good, Chip. Uh, So my name is Jim Williams. I'm the Vice President of Marketing at Influitive. Uh, Influitive is an advocate marketing community provider. Uh, I have been here for about three and a half years, and... Uh, have held a variety of marketing leadership roles at software either growth stage or software startups. Uh, my most recent one, where I spent the most time in my career, was at Eloqua. So I'm kind of steeped in that B2B marketing uh revolution. You know, I come from marketing automation, and uh, and now we're doing a new thing with what we call advocate Marketing here at Influitive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: And can you, for the audience, can you go a little bit deeper into what? advocate marketing means to you guys, uh from what I understand, it's really a new category that Influitive is trying to build out, right? Uh
1: that's right. Um uh, we definitely consider it a new category. Advocate marketing is um it's basically helping businesses to uh discover, mobilize and recognize their fans, evangelists, advocates, power users, Whatever word you want to uh, apply, it's, it's a way to mobilize those customers, uh, partners or stakeholders that love you best, that have some affinity with your brand, that believe in your vision, that have successfully used your products. Get them to go out and share their positive experiences with the world. And that can be done in person. It could be done at events. It could be done in one-on-one conversations. It could be done one-to-many on any one of the gazillion social media outlets or social communities on the web.
0: And so uh, you're using multiple channels to increase the market's knowledge about what advocate marketing is. And I think the one area, one of the things that's really helped you gain traction is AdvoCamp, right? And you guys just came back from San Fran where you held a three-day conference, I believe. So can you talk a little bit about who are the speakers that are coming to this event? What are the topics you're trying to address and who are the attendees that you're trying to attract? Sure. Sure. I think maybe the best to discuss that or explain it is it's
1: worthwhile to go back to your first comment, which is category creation. Um, and, you know, the idea of word of mouth, which is, uh, I think of advocate marketing as the systematized version of word of mouth, it's how do you do it in a directed way at scale. That idea has been around a very long time, and it comes in many forms, specifically in the B2B market, right? It comes in the form of Oh, referrals, I'm going to recommend someone to your business. It comes in the form of traditional reference programs, that's I'm gonna help a salesperson close a deal by telling my story of success. It comes in the form of social media and blogging. It comes in the form of PR or talking to an analyst or an influencer or speaking at an event. Or There's all these forms of advocacy, right? And That's mm-hmm. someone making a non-financial investment in your business. Now they may be paying you for to use your product and service, but in addition, They're putting something else on the line, right? Their reputation or their network, uh, their social capital, right? So that's what we call advocate marketing. If you can take all of those distinct uses and put it into one program that's centrally managed, you can get so much more value from advocates, right? So our category, like many categories, this advocate marketing category is the gathering of a bunch of siloed systems programs or functions in the modern enterprise into one strategic initiative called advocate marketing. In order to draw people to your category, you need to do a bunch of things. When you create a new category, you have a big, big hill to climb. The hill is uh, awareness. Some people don't even know that there's a solution to their pain in the marketplace, right? They don't know because the category doesn't exist. Budgeting, there's no... There's no budget holder for advocate marketing solutions. There's no functional owner. There might not be the skill set necessary. So as part of building category, you've got to start with a lot of thought leadership. right? You've got to really evangelize the idea, the why. Um, and one way to do that, one effective way to do that is by trying to gather the tribe. Um, and that's what Avicamp was for us. It was a separately branded conference, a three-day conference. Uh, when I said separately branded, if you go to avicamp.com the website, it it is all about welcome to Advocamp, and way down at the bottom somewhere near sponsors is brought to you by Influiter. And the idea there is to create a conference about the idea, about advocacy as a business strategy and to try and draw people to that event. You appeal to, as I say, these kind of siloed functions, right? The role of customer success. The role of product experience on creating advocacy, how salespeople are engaging in social selling and evangelism today in order to help the buyer through their process. All of those are forms of advocacy when you can involve customers and stakeholders. And so we held a conference those three days with 60 sessions, which touched on these different disparate functions and eventually, through keynotes and such, tied them together in the overall message.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh- Uh, there's a really awesome list of speakers. I'm looking on the website right now from Daniel Pink to Jay Baer, uh, really the industry leaders in all areas of uh, growth and uh, customer success and all those things. So my question is, what to you was the unifying factor? Because I'm seeing people that are in the customer success space, but also someone like John Miller, who's in the account-based marketing space with his new software, Engageo. So what what is the unifying factor that you're trying to uh, bring these people around? Yeah.
1: It's a really, it's a really good question. The unifying factor. There's a bunch of flavors of this, but the fundamental unifying factor is the newfound focus uh, and attention on the customer experience as the defining factor in your brand and in your company strategy, right? Like it is really only over the last three years or so that the world of B2B And specifically B2B tech has woken up to the fact that you need to focus as much on how you treat your customers as on you, how you acquire net new customers if you want your business to be successful. You know, it seems kind of obvious, right? You look back on it, but you know, especially in the rise of SaaS and cloud businesses, like, you know, it costs you so much more to acquire a company, uh, you know, early on and, Boy, you really better pay attention to that, you know, renewing that annuity stream of revenue over time by by focusing on a delightful customer experience. But it's, it's crazy. It really has just become a focus. And so there's all this attention today from industry influencers and analysts and pundits and authors. You know, Jay Baer just wrote a book called Hug Your Haters. It is about how you can create advocates from the people that dislike you the most. If you're really smart about how you handle that that moment in time when someone's upset, right? It's like a very different kind of message. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Dan Pink, he talks about the science and the psychology of motivation. What motivates people? Right? Like how do you create an engaged audience? How do you create an engaged employee base? Right? What motivates people? Is it pay? Is it perks? Is it rewards? Is it independence? Whatever. Like a lot of his talk about that is directly applicable to, how do you motivate your customers to go and talk about you, you know, to share their positive experiences? So it really was about customer experience. That's the underlying message. And our view is advocacy is one form, one higher order form of of the overall customer experience.
0: Right, and 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 I completely agree. Us at Wild Apricot, we are uh, just starting our customer success team. We've been self serve for the longest time, and uh, even though our accounts are low ACV. We're investing in the customer success because the success of existing customers is more important or almost more important than acquiring that new customer, which is what traditional marketing teams have been built around. Right.
1: Yep. Exactly.
0: Um, so can you share some of the results or metrics from advocate with us? I'm sure people in the audience are listening That theoretically all this stuff makes a lot of sense, but uh, mm-hmm. what results came from holding a summit like this?
1: Uh, it's a great question, right? So, um, Again, we are trying to create an industry, right? We're trying to put our name on the map, trying to cement this advocate marketing idea. Um, and so you don't look at something like avicamp and say, oh, okay, how many opportunities get created from it immediately? Like it's not, this is not a sales tool. It's not a demand gen campaign, right? It's much more higher order branding.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but I'll give you some quick statistics. This is a second avicamp Last year, we held one in San Francisco as well. Same timeframe that attracted, it was our first one. We attracted about 200. 35 attendees to that. This year was a bit more ambitious. We ended up at about 750 attendees over the course of three days. Um, as I said, we we use a format we call Amp Talk. It's quite frankly seems a lot like TED Talk because it is. It's a 15 minute address. That's the vast majority of tracks are broken up into these hard hitting 15 minute presentations. So that allowed us to get around 60 speakers um, at the event. If you look at the audience the demographics breakdown the vast majority of the audience are in marketing roles um, the second group is kind of customer success and then after that tends to be product um, about a quarter of the attendees were customers and again this is this is our vision of create a conference that becomes an independent conference like our ultimate objective is that this conference advocate is not an intuitive thing. It's an independent conference and we invite all of our, you know, competitors to, to come join in and speak on stage and, and, you know, share their vision. Um, so the, it's great that we had about a quarter of the audience who our customers, the rest were not customers.
0: So, so well, let's jump on that. I, I agree. I mean, when you're trying to create a cat- category and become a thought leader, you don't want to look at, okay, how many leads and opportunities came in the door? but maybe uh talk a little bit about the qualitative uh returns in terms of let's say you you're connecting with even competitors and building these partnerships and uh long-term relationships or uh the the PR reach that you've uh you've been been able to establish because of this event that you're holding. Yeah,
1: it's a, it's a great question. Um so we have a lot of metrics around that. Clearly we generated a lot of buzz. We had uh Uh, Two out of three major analyst firms there on stage and both of those analyst firms wrote up their findings. We've had about, I'd say 10 to 15 follow on uh, articles. We had invited uh, one journalist out who wrote three articles about the event. All of it very, very positive. We had a, a kind of net promoter score for audience attendees. It's in the eight region, eight to eight and a half, right? So very good experience we provided. Nice. Um, we also, I forgot to add, one of the sponsors came on after was Livestream, so the first time I've worked with Livestream.
0: And they, uh, they did a live feed of your conference online, right? They did a live
1: feed of one of the tracks of the conference, so they did essentially all the keynotes on one of the tracks. Mm-hmm. And um, we reached an audience of 40,000 people, I think, through the live stream over the course of three days, which is, for us, pretty exciting. Um you know, I could go into social media impressions and all that, but at the end of the day i'm not not sure how meaningful those are. It seems like they <laughs> yeah. always, always spike around an event uh, yeah. for us incredibly important we had um as I said, there were about two hundred accounts you know accounts there that are not our customers that we want to be talking to uh and I think we have eighty opportunities in play. Among those accounts right now, so like it you know definitely furthers our conversation. It's not again not a demand gen goal, but uh definitely helps us to have a more authoritative conversation with with some of the companies we're we're looking to engage with
0: mhm and and so for something like this uh we need a lot of support from the c e o and the board really saying that we're willing to invest money into something where we're not looking at things like immediate uh cost of acquisition or uh, an LTV that we're generating from the opportunities that we produce. So uh, talk a little bit about the support that you have from uh, from from the people, the stakeholders involved with this. Sure, um, yes, we have a lot of support from the
1: stakeholders involved, but it is not without, it's not without a number of uh, very in-depth conversations, that's for sure. Uh, if you look at the tech space, uh, especially SaaS space, uh the market you know kind of market leaders or category leaders uh tend to dominate in terms of the returns from a particular category right so like uh they they have their their revenue is significantly higher than the next biggest competitor uh their profitability the success of second order revenue um it's just it's well it's well known that uh you know category winners Uh, take an inordinate share of the prize, right? And I think a lot of investors know that, especially when we look at new categories. And so our investors recognize that. They feel that the space of advocate marketing is going to be big, and it is going to be big. I mean, it's an idea that's universally appealing, right? Mm -hmm. That everyone can kind of mobilize their tribe to support their marketing and sales efforts and create more authentic voices in the marketplace and everything else. So it's a big idea. The question is, which company can best execute on that vision. our investors clearly believe that we're there so they're willing to place a very big bet in the form of category creation and a very big bet and more specifically in the form of abacan which is an extremely expensive event to put on and if you look at the caliber of the speakers you know those are all well-known yeah. keynote speakers um, they're not inexpensive to bring those that type of uh, quality to bear on the event. But in addition, you hold it in San Francisco, um, you know, at the uh, at the at the Hyatt, which is a pretty expensive property, and you're talking big dollars. So uh,
0: right. it's a
1: big investment for us. We're quite sure that it'll pay off in the long run, and perhaps even quicker in the short run. You know, if, if we can, you know, move the ball forward with some of these accounts we talked about.
0: Mm-hmm. So, if for the audience, I'm, I'm sure people are wondering to put on an event like this. What's mm-hmm. the range that it takes uh, for a three-day event like this with the kinds of speakers that you guys have? Uh
1: well, I will tell you that um it's north of a million dollars for us to put on that event mm-hmm. uh for two and a half days um and it you know it's pretty easy to do the math. you got seven hundred and fifty people there um our revenue you know our total loss on the thing is uh it's not over a million dollars that would be bad. We do have <laughs> sponsorships uh that uh are a big part of the revenue, and um you know we ended up with an average price of think. Seven ninety nine or eight hundred bucks as a ticket price for the audience, so you can kind of do the math. Uh, you're you're losing money, and the goal is to lose less and less money as the as the uh, event grows uh, over right. time. And we've had a whole bunch of conversations about okay, well, what is our desired audience size, and is San Francisco the best location? And clearly, it's you know dropping an event right in kind of the right into the heart of tech and innovation, which is where most of our customers and most of our prospects are, uh, but we have had the discussions about moving it, bringing it back to company our company is based in Toronto, bringing it home to Toronto, what would that do from an audience participation standpoint, etc. And right now it's, uh, you know, our, we're kind of going to stay the course next year's This Adicamp will be in San Francisco again, might move the date around to accommodate or avoid some other MarTech-related events, Yeah, um, but otherwise we, we plan to stay the course.
0: Yeah, you guys were competing with that uh, MarTech conference, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's Martech, there's, uh, Command Base put on an event,
1: there's, you know, like, honestly, in the Bay Area, there's an event every week that is that's applicable, right. especially, especially for
0: marketers, so. Yeah. I was just there for Saster, so that's why uh, I didn't, I, I was actually considering coming to Advocamp, but I didn't. So uh, you mentioned something that I found is really interesting. As you said, um, you have support from investors. So I'm on Crunchbase right now. You have about $50 million uh, in funding over five rounds. Uh, so, I mean, we can always go into the deeper part of what it takes to execute a conference like this, but I'm really interested in this this idea that you you have investors that uh, you're responsible to report to, and you're going to them with the strategy of saying, we're playing a really long game here, and we're going to need, lo- need a lot of funding to create this category out. So, can you talk a little bit about those conversations and how you get investors like that on board? So... We have the advantage
1: of having started the momentum last year, right? So uh, our most recent round, we closed last July. We had already done Advocate the year before. One way you get investors on board is uh, you look at the cost to create category. Most of our management team comes from Eloqua. They were the founders oh. of Eloqua and built that company over the course of 10 years. It was the category leader in marketing automation until recently, et cetera, successful exit and IPO and then acquisition by Oracle, right? So there is some history and experience being brought to bear there. Mm-hmm. Um, we followed this playbook um, at Eloqua and it worked enormously. Um, our audience are progressive, sophisticated digital marketers and um, even more so than many other types of kind of. Customers, I think marketers really do seek belonging, right? They want to be part of a tribe for sure. Um, and so our customers want to be part of something special. They've signed on to a new idea and they want to be viewed as part of that vanguard of marketers that embrace this idea of advocate marketing, etc. Nothing seems to create that sense of tribe-like in-person events and experiences. Okay? So the fact that we already don't want out of the camp, we demonstrated some momentum. Right. The fact that we are growing very rapidly and we need to gather that tribe again that, you know, our investors are behind that. Our experience before doing it with Eloqua, we ran uh, what was called the Eloqua experience for many years. Now, I think the modern marketing experience run by Oracle. We had created an awards program there that was highly successful at pulling out unbelievable customer success stories. Right. So we follow that same pattern in Fluidive. We've tweaked that model and innovated on it, but we're essentially following that. And it, it's been shown to be successful. And then finally, like if all those things don't convince you, you know, the economics of category creation and you know, category dominance, uh, the fact that we've done it before. If all those don't work, you know what you can always do is you make sure that all of your investors are invited to said expensive event so they can kind of come into the uh, the revival tent and kind of feel it for themselves. And we did that. We actually scheduled our board meeting to be the day after Avocant. And so we gathered our investors there so they could kind of experience the exhilaration of the event itself and the quality of the production and the type of advocacy and goodwill that those types of events uh, create from your customer base and your partners. So they get to experience it. And honestly, if that doesn't sell it, nothing's going to sell it.
0: No, that's really smart. Just having the investors experience uh, what you're trying to build. And that's a great idea. Um, I really like that. So um, let's come back to the execution in terms of, planning an event like this, how many how many staff are really involved? Is it your whole team that's working on this? Or do you have a couple of staff that are leading this dedicated for the whole year? Oh,
1: God. I would love to share with you the Google spreadsheet that we use, which is our planning doc. So <laughs> it's, in, it's like the most sophisticated, intricate, complex sheet that I've ever used. There are a lot of people involved in this. I have a full-time person on events, Roberto, who did just a great job orchestrating all of the things involved to pull off an event like avocamp he works with some outsourced folks feet on the ground in san francisco for months leading up to the event um, he works with a variety of outsource event agencies production houses av firms uh all of that he manages but then actually it's the content and the experience that makes an event great like we did a great job with the theming, the signage we bought in 300 trees. It's a camp field. There's canoes, there's tents, there's owls. You've got it all there, right? That's right. all well and good. Everyone loves it. They're cooking around the campfires, but it's really, what is the content that you put together? How valuable is the content going to be? And how much can you drive people to form relationships at the event? Like how much guided networking can you provide? Cause those are the things you remember, right? You come back and you're like, Oh my God, I took a, a notebook you know full of content from the session right. and I met like four or five people that I can immediately reach out to when I get back to my desk to share best practices and ideas. So all of that is managed by the entire marketing staff here, plus a bunch of uh, an additional bunch of volun volun voluntold people as we as we call it. <laughs> um there's a committee that works on the keynote speakers. There's another committee that's formed of some of the, our customer success organization and our customer marketing that focuses on our customers' presentations. We have our BD team that works on the sponsorships from partners and what a partner is going to get out of it. We have an education team that worked on the first day training and certification program. We had 125 people go through two hours of certification on the opening day. Um, we have our product team and our product marketing team that's responsible for like what our Presence is as an exhibitor, like we exhibit like everyone else, right? Like, what is that going to look like?
0: Right. Um,
1: right. We of course have our CEO. He's uh, uh, got an awesome executive assistant and a chief of staff that worked very diligently on what his keynote presentation was like. So you can imagine, there's all these moving pieces. There's all these different tracks, and they all need to come together at the same time. So it's like your of, uh,
0: it's like your annual priority almost. Yeah. <laughs> you have everybody on there, right? It's like
1: running a plan for sure Uh, there's objectives and key results and there's a lot of planning uh, and you kind of work your way towards this crescendo where you know six months out you start off with a meeting of the core group of people and that eventually moves into monthly meetings which becomes bi-weekly and eventually the weekly meetings and uh, you know the closer you get to the date the more uh, terrifying it becomes as you realize that finicky marketers are just not going to register for said set event until the final week and a half, which, of course, is right. always terrifying for my head of demand. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: You know, we have a very
1: public registration list. It's up on the wall. Everyone's looking at it every day, you know.
0: Yeah, we're actually in the middle of our first online summit right now. We're running a five-day conference oh, very uh, nice. with webinars. And, yeah, all the registrations, they come in in the last, oh. you know, week or 24 hours and even the day of the webinar we're sending uh reminders saying hey this is day two and we're getting a bunch of registrations." so i know what that's like yeah um always oh, and there's okay. like there's, that, like there's
1: that, both an art and a science the pricing and the packaging and you know four tickets it, for the price of three and bring a friend, and like and uh you know it's it's a it's a lot of work
0: i, I have an idea by the way you guys should uh, take that spreadsheet and potentially turn it into a template that you offer and i bet, bet you a bunch of Companies interested in doing a conference would so download that. That's, that's pretty cool. That's uh, a very so good then, idea.
1: I'll tell you one other thing. Uh, there is just not enough benchmarking data out there. Like I yeah, had to I go know. and find people that are putting on same size of events. You know, for same cost. And I was understanding like, all right, what what is your loss per person? What is your F and B cost per person? What does your registration rate look like? Tell me about your ticket package. Like, there's just not enough published. You know, benchmarks or best practices around this. You know, uh, I,
0: And uh, even perfect. how, even the process itself, and how much you should be spending, and insurance, yeah. and a bunch of those things. Nobody talks about that stuff. Totally.
1: You know, you you
0: want to you want to set up a great landing page. No
1: shortage of best practices. Trying right. <laughs> to do an event. It's not quite the case.
0: Yeah, because not no no nobody knows. The, there's no formula, right? There's uh there's people that are doing it really well, and they they hold their cards close to the chest. So. Yep. Yeah. Um. I I have a question regarding this uh, idea that this thing is pretty much uh, going through every key department at Influitive, right? But those departments yeah. have ongoing priorities and quarterly things that they have to accomplish. So wh- how does the balancing act work here? You have like, let's say your sales team, that's uh, working the phones or you have your marketing team that needs to produce content out the door. So uh, how are you balancing those things? Oh God,
1: that is the, that's the hundred million dollar question, right? Mm-hmm. Um, not well. We all have day jobs, right? Uh, I kind of jokingly laughed that, you know, the day the thing ended, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to go back and start slinging software again, right? That's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> we're like we're not, a, we don't sell an event; we sell a platform. So uh, it's a balancing act for sure. Um, obviously, a high degree of awareness from the executive leadership about the scope, the immensity of the task, and the scope of Abacamp is helpful, right? Um, we try and keep uh the sales organization not as caught up in Avicamp as possible, right? Like their job would be, say, to book on-site meetings with relevant prospects that are going to be at the event, but otherwise there's no formal task, right? So we kind of keep them focused on the prize, right? Focused on what their targets are. Mm-hmm. And similarly with CS, while like, well, our customer success team are surfacing, customers that may want to attend, et cetera, and they're trying to sell tickets, it's not their overwire. Overwhelming objective for marketing it's a major it's a major uh, you know time suck in terms of attention and we just and it you just need to be aware that you're sacrificing kind of one objective for another that you can't do both right so like I was pretty uh, aware and um, kind of I kind of recognized the fact that I had a conversation with my CEO and said look we can make Camp a smashing success, but it, there's going to be some cost, and it's not the dollar cost of the conference. It's going to be time cost, right? Like you're going to be focused on that and not necessarily focused on, you know, producing all the content that we normally produce, or focused on demand gen as much as we normally are, on product marketing, whatever the case may be, right? There's so many hours in the day, and, and time is your most precious commodity at, you know, at a startup. So um, as long as there's recognition from the top. Right. I think that the balance can can do work.
0: You, do you guys have a lead commit for marketing? Yes, we do. You do? Okay, so do you guys adjust that based on the fact that part of their efforts will be going towards supporting something like Yeah,
1: uh, It didn't get lowered, but there were certain, certainly more expectations that it would be harder to hit given the tension being focused somewhere else.
0: Interesting. And does, uh yeah. does, do you receive complaints from sales? Like, why are you guys doing this when we're not hitting our lead commit? Or do they completely understand
1: Uh no they understand it's part of marketing honestly like Advocamp is a marketing led thing Mm -hmm. it's a big thing and it's just something we do yeah so no there wasn't there wasn't that much of a challenge on on that side I think honestly one of the biggest challenges we have on an event like that is um you know we send a pretty significant I would say an aggressive number of people to an event like that I think we had thirty to thirty five staff attend abacamp we have a company of 150
0: right? right so that means
1: there's 120 people that are not getting to live the experience that are not you know meeting one customer after another not getting all the positive energy and the vibe not listening to industry thought leaders talk directly about our space and our role in it right
0: mhm
1: and you can't we you know we brainstormed on ways to kind of transfer that experience back to the home office in Toronto. And you just really can't do it. You know, you can, there's no substitution for it. You can put up, we had TVs with the, uh, you know, the live stream of the tracks as they went on and people watched it, but you just can't get that same feeling. There's nothing like it. It's infectious, right? There's it's a big shot in the arm to go and, you know, see 750 people talking about the space that you're in. Right. Right. Um, and I would love to find a way to, improve that for the rest of of the company.
0: Yeah, for for me one of the key takeaways from this conversation as where, where we go here is uh uh the fact that you have buy-in at all levels from all departments from the investors and the CEO to be able to go through uh, go, go all the way with a strategy like this, right? Whereas in other organizations where the investors are trying to are waiting for a return or the CEOs uh, talking about a lead commit with you as a VP of marketing or sales is waiting for marketing qualified leads, I mean, uh, it gets a lot harder when you don't have that support. So the fact that you guys do, you're able to pull it off and succeed.
1: Yep. I mean, that's key. It really is setting it up in advance, setting expectations.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so, and so, how, how are you going to leverage this AdvoCamp event that you held in the, in the last uh, month uh, this year? Because there's a lot of content that you've created. There's a lot of uh awareness that you created there's a lot of buzz potentially leads. So how how what are your plans to leverage all of that stuff in in the next year? Ah,
1: uh, man, there's just not enough that we can get from it, right? So like it is the wellspring of a lot of our content plans for the next couple of months. As an example, we already put out we hold an award ceremony on one night. We've already uh put out an ebook which is the you know top ten advocate marketing uh, you know, award winning advocate marketing programs that was put out like within a week or two of the event. Um, just yesterday we launched, um, well, let's say a week ago, we took all of the slides from the presenters and put them up on SlideShare and promoted that. Yesterday we created a video hub. We work with Vidyard. Um, they're, um uh, they're a, a vendor that we work with that we highly recommend. They have some really Really great video marketing technology. We just created a whole hub with all of the videos available. On I demand. saw the. Really un-gated.
0: I saw you guys uh, sent, uh, it, sent an email. It's not gated, which is which is actually uh, different, right? Most people post conference gate their content.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's this. I I, I can't say we ungate everything, but uh, when it comes to video, we have never seen that it works great. Video- gating video, we just don't get the type of uh, type of conversion that you would expect with, a, say, an ebook or a white paper or something like that. And then number two, remember the core goal, right? If you say Avicamp is not necessarily a demand creation event, right, well, then you can't take all the content and say, oh, we're going to gate it like we would with the demand creation campaign, right? It's it's better to get those ideas out there. We want as many people to hear those ideas, right, consume those ideas, to internalize the ideas behind the conference. Uh, and that just kind of seeds the ground for future opportunities, right? So it's completely ungated. Again, we like Vidyard because not only can we track who comes and watches the videos, we can see how far they went to, which videos they got into and you can create all types of interesting ways to create leads and marketing qualified leads from like from that type of data. So, you know, it allows us on the back end internally to say of all the people that come and visit and consume the content, these are the ones that would be worthwhile following up with aggressively, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so um with that goal, uh, what's next for Influitive in terms of thought leadership? Uh, I know you guys obviously are doing another Advocamp next year, but are there any other avenues that you're exploring? Um, yeah, for sure.
1: We also run regional events. In the past, we've done you know three, four-hour affairs in uh, in places like uh, New York and Atlanta, Boston, Chicago, etc. We'll continue to do that. I think we'll take some of the ideas, perhaps even some of the speakers will invite back to go on some of these local roadshows for us. We're shifting very much uh, from kind of your classic demand gen content-based uh, marketing strategy to the much more of an account-based marketing strategy. As part of that, we've also reached out to attendees, executive attendees at Avocamp and said, "Would you, would you appreciate a small group discussion or perhaps even one-on-one what we call coffee times with speakers? From that they came here, watch their video and then you can jump on for fifteen minutes, uh, you know, on a video call and, you know, ask a personalized set of questions about their experiences, their results, their challenges, their you know, all all of that thing. So it's it's almost like the taking uh what used to be called a, a reference call, but setting it up much more as it's content driven uh communications or connections, right? It's a form of advocacy that's highly effective for us. Uh mm-hmm. so we plan to do a lot of that with with many of the speakers that were uh, up on the docket there at Mm Avicamp.
0: I see like uh, opportunities for more podcasts there with the account-based marketing and a bunch of other things that you mentioned. Um, Mm -hmm. So, but I think this is a good place to stop. Uh, Any any final thoughts before we finish? Uh, No, not really. I mean, I think we've covered
1: everything again. Avicamp is a a very big thing. It's a, a huge project. It requires a lot of work, but, uh, again, like all great things require a lot of work. And I think if you're going to try and create a category, you got to think about a way to take the lead in gathering the stakeholders, the tribe, the leaders together yourself. Um, the old days of a category creation, kind of the school that I went to 10, 15, 20 years ago is a category gets created when some market maker, some analyst, some influence creates some magic quadrant, right? Mm-hmm. But that's not today's world um and i think if if you are trying to create a category right and you're trying to establish yourself as leader of the category it behooves you to kind of go out and gather all of the relevant players which include your competitors all right and try and create some type of event some type of stake in the ground some type of milestone that puts the category on the map and defines the playing field right. and
0: that's right what try to do it with mm mm-hmm. mhm no, great, great insight. And uh, uh, just final note from me is uh, one best practice I've taken from a podcast I really admire is showing appreciation for all of our guests. So I want to show appreciation for you, Jim, for taking the time to do this. A uh, lot of great insights. And I think anybody who's ever thinking about putting out a conference will definitely listen to this podcast. And I'm looking forward to exchanging some notes about wild apricot and intuitive and in the future. That's great, Chip. Thank
1: you so much for the opportunity to, uh, to join you. I, I do appreciate it.
0: Yeah, thank you so much. That's it for today's episode, guys. Thanks for listening. Please be sure to subscribe on iTunes and to check us out at www.howtosass.com, and we will see you next time.